You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, J.J. Cooper, Jeff Ponce here, another Baseball America Prospect podcast. We are diving into the Toronto Blue Jays today as we keep rolling through the American League, wrapping up our, our team prospect podcast that we do during the offseason. We've done a lot of these. We still have, I think, six, seven left to go. We'll keep them coming to wrap it up. Ideally, before teams start playing their uh, their first games in spring training, we'll have these done. Obviously, if you're listening to this, I'm assuming that you also know at BaseballAmerica.com that you can hear a, you can read a ton of content about the Blue Jays and everyone in baseball, our top 100, our top 30s. We've posted extra scouting reports. We're getting ready to put up 31 to 40 for every organization, do a little update with that. So there's a lot coming. There's a lot already up and there's new draft reports as well. Draft top 200 for the 2024 draft. Drop draft top 100s, high school and college, going up uh, very quickly on the uh, for the 2025 draft. College preview. There's a ton. But Jeff, I just got really long-winded where I should have started by saying, how are you doing? Doing great. I'm uh, happy to be here talking uh, Blue Jays prospects, which is kind of my home base. Yeah, so you've kind of been our uh, our Blue Jays guy for a little while now, and it's been, I would say, it is a very interesting time to be a Blue Jays fan. However, I, the, the first question I want to start before we dive into the prospects and we kind of look at the state of the organization, I, the, the question I kind of have is, is, is this a team, they've made the playoffs three of the last four years, they, they've yet to win a game in those three appearances. Is this a team whose window is wide open, is opening wider, is starting to close where do you see where this blue jays team is and how have they gotten here sure and i think it's an interesting conversation um earlier this week you know there was some talk about being you know our prospect uh system rankings came out and i think you know there was some discussion among us among some fans and readers uh about how predictive it is of kind of good cores and a lot of these good cores and top systems have won world series been competitive teams the blue jays are one that falls into the competitive team window 
but I think, you know, there's some question as to whether or not they're going to be able to maximize sort of this golden generation of talent that they had come through the minor leagues in 2017, 2018, um, when they've made a concerted effort to do so. I mean, you look at this team, they have supplemented that young core uh, with players uh, on, the, on the position side, like George Springer, you know, who they signed to pretty large contract. Of course, they went out and they traded for Dalton Varsho last year. On the pitching side, of course, they've made a lot of moves. They had Kevin Gaussman, Jose Barrios, signed Chris Bassett, uh, among other moves. So they've, they've, they've approached it the right way, where they built this core and they have tried to supplement it with trades and with free agent signings. But I think in the AL East, it's quite a large hurdle to overcome. Uh, but beyond that, I think just in the bigger scheme of things, they've never been able to sort of get that core over the hump. And now they kind of stare down the barrel of the potential for Bo to leave in the next year or so as they start to reach the end of their contract. Are they going to be able to extend Bichette and Guerrero long term, continue to pay the salaries that they have on uh, you know, on uh, deck for the next couple of years, and then additionally, still be able to supplement those players. And there's kind of been a lack of impact depth in the minor leagues for a few years now. And I think we see that when we look at 2024's you know expected lineup and their 26-man roster, just in terms of what they've had to backfill with, and some of the questions that they have in the infield with Kevin Biggio and David Schneider. So Jeff, the other thing that just strikes me is, is I feel like last year is kind of a good news, bad news for the Blue Jays because they did make the playoffs in a very competitive division, all that. I also feel like if I'm, if I'm trying to be optimistic about this year, I can just go down the list of players who really had disappointing seasons last year and who are bounce back candidates. I don't even know if Springer really fits in it. You could say no, that- but I think Springer might be kind of on the decline phase of his career, understandably. He's in his, he's now, you know, he's he's heading into his mid-30s, not his early 30s now. But when you talk about Alejandro Kirk, when you talk about Alex Manoa, when you talk about Dalton Varsho, when you talk about, even to an extent, Vlad Jr., there are a lot of players who it's like, especially in the case of Kirk and, you know, what they were hoping to get from Varsho, Manoa, you know, who had a, who really seemed lost all last year. Is it being too optimistic to think that that a lot of just running some of this back still might be enough here? Because just of if the guys who have been better than this in the past come back next year, come back this year, I should say, in, in finer form? Yeah, you know, I think uh, that's an optimistic view of it. I don't think it's wrong. Um, when you do look, Bo Bichette had a down year. I think that, you know, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is 24. He's going to be 25 entering the season. And he could have had a better year if we take a step back and look at it. Matt Chapman, who was a big piece of that team in the first half, really underwhelmed in the second half. Um, but they're going to miss him defensively. And I think that that's one of the things that you can still take away. Is you, you looked at this team on paper a year ago, and it was a better team on paper than the 2024 team. You had Matt Chapman, who's one of the best defensive infielders in the game. You had an Alec Manoa who had just finished third in Cy Young voting. The way that he's viewed now as your number five starter is very different than it was a year ago. 
Um, so I do think there's some some good news in the fact that, hey, you could have bounce back seasons from a big part of your core and your homegrown core at that in Bichette, Guerrero and and Manoa. Um, and I think to a, a lesser extent, Dalton Varsho. Dalton Varsho had a pretty underwhelming first season in Toronto, a bounce back from him, not only offensively, but defensively as well, I think is is needed. Um, the Blue Jays are pretty thin just overall in the organization in terms of outfield uh, prospects and, and just outfield talent. The thing with George Springer is George Springer had an underwhelming season based on his slash nine numbers, based on his WRC plus, but he, you know, he had a ton of at bats last year and he had health for the first time in a really, really long time. And I think that's kind of what the standard is now, you know, I, if a guy is healthy and a guy sees, you know, more plate appearances than he had seen since I think 2016, it's really hard for me to say that that was a disappointing season when really it's like, he's 33, he's going to be 34. This was kind of a quick twitch player. And some of that stuff is slowing down. He's still a solid player. He's probably not going to be worth the contract. And I think Blue Jays fans might take better performance and maybe 30 or 40 less games from Springer, but I don't know what good that does if he's not healthy at the end of the season. So there are some, some, some nits to pick with, with this team and just the way that they've um, progressed. I don't even think it's necessarily how they were built or that they made necessarily the wrong moves. Uh, hindsight's 2020 on some of those. I think they've tried, they've had their head in the right place. It's just the circumstances haven't necessarily worked out, which is unfortunate. Um, but you never know. Things could certainly turn around 24. Well, kind of that's the perfect lead in here. So the, the next question is, so how much help is on the way? When you look at this farm system, how much are, is this farm system going to be able to help bolster this big league club in the short term, either by players coming up or also obviously as you can always trade guys as well? I think that um, they, you know, they do have two players with 2024 ETAs at the top of the system. They're both top 100 prospects, which is more than a lot of systems can boast. Um, it's just the depth behind that of another impact player or somebody else you can kind of dream on for the next couple of years. Or Elvis Martinez could potentially fit with an issue that they have right now, whether that's at second base, whether that's at third base. I know in winter ball, he had been playing second base uh, primarily, had played mostly shortstop in the minor leagues, had played some third base as well. So he has some experience over there. He has a strong enough arm that he could play at third as well. Um, he's not an outstanding defender, but he might be an upgrade in terms of an overall player versus Kevin Biggio or Davis Schneider. Um, I like Davis Schneider a lot as a hitter. I just think he's really a DH. Um, and that's kind of the, the tricky part of his profile. Um, so Aurelvis is somebody that I think could potentially fit. We've seen him have really strong spring trainings and the feedback on Aurelvis typically coming out of spring training is just that, he, you know, how he holds himself around the major leaguers and fits into the clubhouse is pretty good. Um, and he took a big step forward last year. I just think from a, a an on-field maturity sort of standpoint, um, you know, if he can, come in in better shape and uh, just be ready to go. I think there is an opportunity for him to potentially break camp. We'll see how that shakes out. The real wild card here, and I think maybe the most interesting prospect the Blue Jays have had since those days of, of uh, Guerrero and Bichette, uh, you know, roaming the, roaming the infield of uh, New Hampshire and Buffalo, Ricky Tiedemann. 
Uh, one of my favorite pitching prospects in the minor leagues. I don't think that um, I've been short on <laughs> the hyperbole with Tiedemann. Um, I'm one of the believers. I know that health has obviously been an issue. He did start to turn a corner, though, a little bit in the Arizona Fall League, uh, going, you know, a, more than 70 pitches, going five innings uh, multiple times while he was out there. And I think that's really encouraging. He won pitcher of the year while he was there for a short stint. Um, but health does linger. It's a dark cloud that ha- kind of hangs over Tiedemann. If there were no questions of health, he might have been up in the rotation last year uh, or been helping the major league team in one way, shape, or form. If he can stay healthy, which is a big if, and I think, you know, the the target this year is probably about 120, 130 innings uh, if things go really well. Um, there's an opportunity for Tiedemann to maybe spend the second half of his season in the major leagues, uh, whether that's as a bulk sort of starter behind a, 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 an opener um, or a guy that's maybe, you know, four or five and dive and can just give them some quality innings. Uh, we'll see. I think the stuff is there, and we can get into Tiedemann in a little bit, but I think that you know this is a player that could potentially help them in one way, shape, or form. The pitch quality is there, and you know a left-hander that throws 95 to 96, can touch 97 miles per hour with you know a plus, maybe plus-plus breaking ball, and a pretty good changeup that's at least above average. There's not many of those guys in any kind of role. So um, he's certainly a piece that could help them right away. And then I think sprinkled throughout this top 30, you start to see they have a lot of players in that sort of 45 range. Um, There's a lot of relievers. There's a lot of like bench type players that could potentially help them, but there's not necessarily any impact or even everyday regulars. That's kind of something I want to ask you before we dive into a couple of players in particular. I want to dive into kind of that question. The thing, the concern that I think I and maybe you share as well about this Blue Jays list right now, but we'll do that right after this quick break. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. That's why I use Indeed for our hiring at Baseball America. It allows me to do everything on one website. I get quality candidates. I can schedule them. I can interview them. I can screen them. I can send messages to them all within Indeed. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Just go to Indeed.com slash Baseball America right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back. So Jeff, before the break, we were talking about that we have a concern, or at least I do. I think you do too, though. The thing that jumps out to me when I look at this Blue Jays, the top of this Blue Jay list, I look at the position players. There's there's not a lot of sixes out there. There's not sevens. There's definitely not eights. And when I'm talking about that, especially when we talk about run, field, there's a lot of fours, 45s, maybe some 50s. There's not like there there are players who have who look like they have paths to the big league. You mentioned Davis Schneider, but we could highlight, I think, a number of other players here where it just feels like that there's a number of players here who who have paths to the big leagues, but then if you say, okay, are they gonna have a defensive role? Are they gonna have an impact? It seems like it's more guys who have paths to being contributors than to being stars, which again, that's those are still valuable. Is there a little bit of a concern here that there's not a whole lot of of impact, especially once you get past those those first couple of players on that top ten? Yeah, I you know I don't think there's many complete players in this system in terms of players that can have impact equally on both sides of the ball. Someone who's an average or better defender and an average or better hitter just aren't many, if any, of those guys in this system. Um, and I think the lack of impact. It's not so much in the international market because we've seen them sign impactful players in the international market. And a few of them come through the system, some of the majors like Vlad Guerrero Jr., uh, others like more or Elvis Martinez are, you know, on the cusp. And I think, you know, an Emmanuel Bonilla could be a player that turns into something like that. They've done pretty well on the pitching side, you know, regardless of what you think of the Brandon Barriera pick. Um, I think when you take a step back, you look at Tiedemann and some of the other they've done a good job of identifying pitching all throughout the draft in a variety of roles. Um, and the numbers back it up. When we did our, our StatCats rankings, I believe they were sixth or seventh overall uh, in those rankings. So, you know, some of that stuff is working. What's not working is the first two round picks on skill and higher floor college players. Um, and, uh, one high school player in particular. But I think when you look back on, you know, the pick of Austin Martin, though they did jettison him out and were able to turn some value out of Martin, but still, you know, a pick like that fits into this mold. And then you look at that 2022 draft with guys like Josh Kasevich, Kate Dowdy, um, and even Tucker Toman to an extent. And those were missed opportunities when there were, opportunities there for them to move money from one pick slot to another. They can take one of those guys. You can still take Kasevich, um, but don't pair all those types together. <laughs> and they had an opportunity to really target 
some good players in that 2022 draft and move some of that money around that they had at the top of the draft with whatever four picks in the top 50 or 60 or whatever. And they kind of didn't take advantage of that. And I think that's indicative of sort of their approach. They are a model-driven team. When we looked at the hitting rankings, they tracked very similarly to Cleveland. And I think that, you know, if you're a student of the minor leagues and prospects and the styles of prospects that teams like, the Blue Jays, like the Guardians, very much like K to BB type of hitters, guys who have lower strikeout rates that walk and have that higher K to BB number. They don't seem to target players that have maybe some swing and miss, but some impact and some speed and some loud tools like maybe the Orioles would, where they're willing to take a lot on a little bit more hit tool risk if there's defensive ability, if there's impact, and if there's on-base ability, and they feel like some of those things offset some of the risk. And I think when you take a step back and you look at the draft history, that's proven to be the case time and time again, that going with the, the cautious approach, you know, the higher floor type of player, lower risk guys, it produces this. It produces a lot of 45s. Maybe some of those guys, you know, churn up and turn into 50s, but there's not a lot of 55s. There's not a lot of 60s. There's a lot of guys. There's not a lot of dudes, JJ. Okay, so what does that mean going forward? Because as you said, they are in a situation now where their stars, they had a wave. You know, this was a, an organization that brought up the you know Boba Shed and Vlad Jr. and and Kevin Biggio to some extent, and then Lourdes Gabriel has been traded away, and you know Alejandro Kirk. They traded away Gabriel Moreno, Alex Manoa, but some of those guys are starting to get expensive now. You know, is this an organization? To go back to my first question, do you feel like that the window's open, opening, or closing? I kind of sense that you're thinking that it might be closing a little bit here, you know, as we look at 24, 25 and beyond. Yeah, I think I think that someone's at the door. They're, they have their hand on the handle. They're thinking about potentially closing it. You know, do I, I think it could go both ways. If a couple of these players break out, if we do see good health, if we see rebounds from some of, you know, the stars that were on this team that haven't produced at the level that they needed to, then I think there's an opportunity. But the big thing that lingers over this team right now is whether or not, Bo Bichette is going to resign and what his future is with the Blue Jays. Um, because, you know, if, if Bichette is somebody that, you know, potentially they've talked about trading, um, which tells me there is maybe uh, some potential that this guy will walk, you know, um, he's, he's got two years left in the contract, 2024 and 2025. I think the window is still open for those two years. They've heavily invested in this, but I still feel like, they're a playoff team and not a championship team. And I, again, the, the division they play in also is clearly challenging on this. It's hard to look at them right now and say that they're, I would say that they're further behind the Orioles than they were coming out of last year, especially after the, the, the Burns trade mm -hmm. and the Orioles were ahead of them last year. Now with the Rays, we'll see, you know, that's, that's one the Rays have their own issues. The Yankees, We'll see. Again, the Yankees, I feel like, fit a lot of what we just said about with the Blue Jays last year. And then the Red Sox, I think, are clearly a, a step behind them. But this is what makes the AL East you know, fascinating. But now diving in a little bit deeper into a couple of the prospects. You, as you said, you are a Ricky Tiedemann guy. You've seen Ricky Tiedemann pitch a lot. 
let's get the optimistic view now for a minute. You know, we just talked about some of the pessimism, but if Ricky Tiedemann can stay healthy, what can he realistically be? And why can he realistically be that? Sure. If this guy can stay healthy, and by that I mean somebody that can consistently be called on for 160 to 180 innings. I don't even think he needs to be a horse. Um, he has the kind of quality and unique left-handed stuff that he can develop into one of the best left-handed starters in the game, if healthy. The command is there. Um, there'll be some control woes from time to time, um, but I think just generally growing pains of guys with stuff like that and multiple pitches that move at the velocity uh, like Tiedemann's do, that's typically something you don't see. Um, but if you look at the command and his ability to really, for me, when I see him live, I saw him like five or six times last year and then a few times the year before, just his ability against like right-handed hitters to wear out the outer part of the plate with his breaking ball and throw that pitch effectively in addition to the changeup is just such a differentiator to me that I think he's somebody that there's a pitch ability there, there's stuff, and he's got the ability to, to navigate both sides of the lineup. Okay. So that's the optimistic, but again, realistic optimism, because really the thing with Tiedem and more than anything is staying healthy, which has been something that I'd say that he struggled with regularly during his career. And again, if you're a Blue Jays fan, you probably hear that and go, okay, wait, you're talking about great stuff. You're talking about health concerns. I'm having flashbacks. I'm thinking of Nate Pearson. I'm, you know, I'm now really worried. And that's a, that's a legitimate concern because Nate Pearson is the example of how this can be pessimistically can turn out, which is Nate Pearson on a healthy day, Nate Pearson has good stuff as anybody. I've seen it in person. I think you have too. But the problem with Nate Pearson is, is that his body really struggled to stay healthy while having that stuff. And that's kind of derailed his career. Now let's take it to the, the hitter side. You talk, you mentioned about Aurelvis Martinez. What is the realistic, what's kind of, let's take it a different way. What does Aurelvis Martinez need to do in 2024 if he's going to reach a, you know, again, let's say a realistic but positive outcome for what he can be as a big leaguer? What is it left to do for Martinez? Yeah, I think the thing to keep in mind with Martinez is just how young he is still. He was 21 all of last season. He'll be 22 all of this season. And I said this yesterday on Sportsnet in Toronto, um, but if he's not a major part of their their lineup and the equation in Toronto in 2024, I don't think all is lost. He's still very young. Um, and I think the expectations with a hitter like this, there's going to be some struggles. He's taken time to adjust to the last two levels. And then once he does adjust, you start to see some of that movement in the right direction. There was a huge improvement in swing decisions and his plan at the plate and just his plan of attack from at bat to at bat. And it was clear early on. And he held that all throughout his time in New Hampshire and it showed back up again in Buffalo. Um, the guy that I saw in 2022 
consistently swang out of the zone. He was somebody that always attacked the first pitch strike, even if it was a pitch in on his hands that he knew he wasn't going to be able to do anything with. And he would struggle with that because he would still make decent contact, but, you know, F7, F8, F9, it looks good coming off the bat, but they're outs. And that's one of the reasons that he hit around the Mendoza line, despite hitting 30 home runs in 2022. The approach was there this year. He was trying to take walks. He was making pitchers work to get him out. And for my money, there's maybe five or six players I saw in the minor leagues last year that from a purely quality of contact, bat to ball standpoint and barrel command, like control standpoint, there's few guys like, like Aurelius. He backspins everything, you know, everything comes really clean off of the barrel. He doesn't hook anything. He doesn't slice anything. When he gets behind something, he drives it. And there is bat to ball skill there. It's just he was tanked so much in 2022 because of the swing decisions. If you look at his season after the first two weeks, he really took off. If you kind of look at double A after the first two weeks, you can really see that sample. And it was kind of the same thing in triple A. It took him two or three weeks to get adjusted. And then, you know, the numbers started to tick up. So I think he's somebody that ultimately can be a bat first, second baseman, third baseman, where the defense kind of bugs you from time to time. He does something a little quirky from time to time, but can hit 300 and, you know, hold his weight in terms of batting average and not strike out too much. I, for all the talk we've had about his swing and miss, he's never had a, a, a strikeout rate above 30%. I think his highest strikeout rate was maybe 28% at any, any one stop. So, I think that's something to consider as well, is it's not as if he's had major strikeout woes. It's always just been a matter of the right approach, and he started to find that a little bit, which has allowed him to get to that power. And then the, the last guy I wanted to kind of dive into is the, the Blue Jays' first-round pick, Arjun Namala. What What is there to get excited about there? And you know, does he kind of break the trend a little bit of what we're talking about? You know, with some of those other concerns when you when you talk about guys who are kind of more of of uh, you know high skills over tools, is is Damala a little bit of an exception to that, or does he fit into that category of of skills over tools? No, and I had said this uh, as well. Is this is sort of a departure from that? They went after a young upside prep player. There's definitely risk with Namala. There's people who question you know how much he's going to hit and how for how much impact if there's going to be swing and miss he's newer to baseball than maybe some of these other players and you know for a florida prep guy he's maybe a little bit more raw um but he's twitchy he's explosive there's bat speed um he projects to stick at shortstop for the long term there's not a lot of body concerns um and he's somebody that i think projects to maybe add some more strength and get to some more game impact. But, you know, his good a swing was as good as anybody I saw in the backfields when I was there. It's just a matter of discerning balls and strikes and attacking when he should attack. He was a little bit passive, which is why the walk rate was so high, which isn't a major problem. Um, some people obviously like that, but I do think that he's somebody that as he developed, it's going to be, maybe finding a little bit more attack and when to sort of chance it and, and get aggressive on strikes in the zone versus, 
you know, being passive uh, almost to a fault. So I think that's some of the things you got to balance, but he is somebody I think it's, think it's shortstop. There's some speed, there's some power, you know, there's some explosiveness. So not the biggest guy, but I, I do think there's some excitement there. Okay. I, I want you to go a lot deeper now. So who's a guy, let's go beyond the top 10. Who's someone who you would say, keep an eye on, not because he's a top 10 prospect now, but someone who you find intriguing, especially as we look further ahead, look longer term, like, okay, keep an eye on this guy because down the road, he can be something. Is there a guy yeah. like that? Sure. There's a few. Um, and, and I think this is indicative of like a better draft class this year. Uh, Landon uh, Marutis um, was a fourth rounder out of uh, Cavalry Christian, which is obviously a you know, highly touted uh, Florida high school program. Um, played some shortstop there, was a two-way guy. I've heard nothing but rave reviews from area scouts and cross-checkers and people that covered him in the draft. And then the same deal uh, in terms of internally with Toronto. So he's somebody that I think you know could... We'll see when he debuts, but he's somebody that could potentially skyrocket, um, you know, a few different levels and maybe finish the year in high A if he pitches well. Um, we'll see. You know, they do because it's in Vancouver. They have some different things and pieces that they have to move around that other teams don't necessarily have to deal with. Um, so but I do think he'll see some time at low A next year. It's just a matter of is he advanced enough that they assign him there right out of camp or does he spend some time in the FCL? And then, you know, start to ramp it up a little bit um, in the Florida State League. So Marutis is definitely one that I think is exciting. Um, you know, prep pitcher, kind of projectable body, 6'3", 195, um, right-handed hitter, uh, excuse me, ugh, right-handed pitcher, um, you know, four pitches, four-seam fastball, not a ton of velo right now, but decent shape um, and some projection there, slider, curveball, changeup. But you know how it is with these prep guys. That's kind of what they're throwing now, what you get on uh, <laughs> Synergy. But we'll see what the mix looks like once he's gone through the lab and everything else. And I know he was down there in spring spending some time uh, in the FCL and, and working with uh, their coordinators and coaches and stuff and such. That's a, you know, a good way to kind of lead into if you want more about this, check it out, baseballamerica.com. We have a full Blue Jays top 30 with 30 scouting reports tools grades for all 30 players we're well, going beyond that you know in the in the next week or so as well but in addition to that you can see where blue jays guys rank on the top 100 and again as we always do we thank you to our baseball america subscribers for making us possible for us to do all this as for jeff as he's planning his his chance his trip down speaking of he'll be probably seeing a lot of these blue jays guys in the not too distant future now uh on the backfields as we get to dunedin which Dunedin, not, not a bad place to watch a game now, you know, on the backfield, no. which used to not always be that as, as much. You got a nice place. overhang. I, I was not in the sun. I was sitting in a cushioned chair with a, de I, with I, a desk, like a like a table. It was the nicest backfield. <laughs> I, I will say, I, I but pre, you know, pre all the upgrades and all, it yes. still wasn't bad. It was weird in some ways because you were kind of in a neighborhood in Dunedin um, and you were kind of like parking on the street. Like you were like, okay, am I going to go to this person's house or am I going to go across the street to the, you know, to the Blue Jays camp? But it was always, it was never a bad place to watch a game. I, I will say. Fenced in yeah. lot now. Fenced in lot in the same neighborhood. But the good thing is, is you're probably about two blocks from downtown Dunedin, which is one of the best 
like locations to kind of walk around, get some bite to eat, do whatever you want to do, go to the beach. Um, and and yeah, then you have the, 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 the big league stadium right by the library and all it's, it's like, you know, Oh yeah. It's not bad right there. It's, it's not yeah. bad. But so for Jeff, I'm JJ. Thank you for the download. If you get a chance, you know, like and review us on whatever podcast uh, device that you, you know, whether it's uh, Apple or whatever it is, you know, we always appreciate it. For Jeff, I'm JJ. So long, everybody. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.